into A to Z Sports Prime Time, not from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios, but live here in Houston at NRG Stadium. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is the best in the business, the best Ford dealership in the state of Tennessee is Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, they'll get you exactly what you need. You can start window shopping online at tworiversford.com. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. And if you're in the market to sell your home for more, you can do that with the Gary Ashton team. DraftKings Sportsbook, so many great offers for you. One I'll tell you about later on with this exciting time in the football calendar. Still uh, football games to be played, in fact. The national championship game will be tomorrow. You can bet on that in your DraftKings Sportsbook app using the promo code A2Z Sports. And, of course, our friends at Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com, satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC HVAC needs. Now, before we get the show started, before you hear from Taylor Lewan and you watch Ryan Tannehill do spectacular things because we're going to run some highlights for you back uh, from this game today, I am go. I need to. I need to say something about uh, about Titans fans. About Titans fans who were incredible. I mean, it was it was wild. Now, listen. There was very very few people at NRG Stadium today because the Texans are a four and at the time four and twelve team. Now four and thirteen team. But I was. I could not tell you how impressed I was with the amount of Titans fans who either you know traveled here from out of town who are based here. In Houston, given the fact that this is the place where the Tennessee Titans as a franchise originated, and to walk around down on that field, you know, what seems to be like six stories below me, pregame down on the field with Teron Davenport and Jimmy Wyatt, there was uh, there was so many Titans fans, so many Titans fans um, in the stands, and I cannot tell you how impressive that was to me. You know, the whole Logan Ryan thing, and again, we'll we'll get into the We'll get into the actual game here in a second, but I do think that, you know, just like Kevin Byard started off his press conference with us after the game, acknowledging the fact that uh, it was incredible. It felt like a it felt like a home game here at NRG Stadium, and for them, for the players, and for Mike Vrabel, and for John Robinson sitting up next to us in the press box, about you know 100 feet from where we're sitting now, I was incredibly impressed with. The uh, with the amount of Titans fans that came to this game, and I got to meet some Titans fans uh, last night at a, at a bar here in Houston, where there was a ton of people, <laughs> ton of people. I wasn't planning to go out. I wanted to go. I wanted to stay in my hotel room. I wanted to go to bed. And one of my buddies said, "You know, we want to go out. We want to get a drink." I said, "Okay." There's a bunch of Titans fans meeting up at this bar. We'll go check it out. And then we walked in, and it was crazy. So anyway, now let's get into the game. And talk about this. And by the way, thank thank you guys for everybody who was so kind to me last night. And I saw a bunch of people today who were who were at the game and who were uh, shouting shouting us out uh, from the stands while we were down on the field. That was really really cool. So uh, I know the players appreciate it. I know the, the 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 people who work for the team appreciate it. And it's always always uh, I'm always super grateful to run into people who hang out with us on the show. So let's talk about this game, right? Because it was nuts. I mean, you start off Ryan Tannehill. I mean, well, one, the first quarter was god awful for both of both of these teams, right? 
There was a uh, there was punts all over the place. There was a missed field goal by Randy Bullock. There was a lot of sloppy football in the second quarter, and then all of a sudden, Ryan Tannehill and the offense go crazy. Right, three straight drives, three straight touchdown passes for Ryan Tannehill. He hit Nick Westbrook Aquina, he hit Anthony Ferkser, and he hit A.J. Brown. Nine different players caught passes from Ryan Tannehill today. And I think, uh, let me let me look at Tannehill's stat line. I've got our, the, the Texans always, well, every team always provides us our handy-dandy stat sheet. Ryan Tannehill had one of his best performances in this game today, one of his best performances of the season. Tannehill was 23 of 32. He had 287 yards. He only got sacked one time. Again, only so two sacks in the last two games. That's good stuff if you're the Titans. Uh, 23 of 32, 287. He had the long pass of 36 yards to Nick Westbrook Aquina, which we'll spend some time on, certainly, and four touchdowns, 138.9 quarterback rating. This man was incredible today. And so they start off uh, sluggish. They get to um, they get to the second quarter. Ryan Tannehill goes crazy. They go in at halftime, and you're looking at this thing, and you're saying, "All right, we're sitting up here in the press box, and we're saying 21 to nothing." Like hell, maybe even Logan Woodside gets some play time today. Get Ryan Tannehill out of there. Rest as many people as you can, and and try and get this thing back to Nashville without uh, this being any kind of an issue. And then Davis Mills who I, we talked about this throughout the course of the week. Davis Mills has some shit to him. He really does. I was hugely impressed with it. Um, and the defense, listen, the, there were some missed opportunities. There was uh, there were plays made down the field by Davis Mills and by Danny Amendola, the ghost of Danny Amendola, 36 years old. Danny Amendola out here catching two touchdown passes, 113 yards. It was crazy to watch. And then ultimately – the game was won in the fourth quarter with an incredible drive that we'll spend some time on later in the show. But I want to ask you this question before we get too deep into this on the primetime show. I want to ask you guys in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch, what about the Titans win most impressed you today? Let me know on Facebook. If you're on YouTube, you can do that. You can do that on Twitch, and you can do that on Twitter as well. What about the Titans win most impressed you today, live here at NRG Field? You guys let me know in the comments section, and of course we will talk about it together. You'll hear from some of the players, and you'll watch some plays made by Ryan Tannehill. Here in just a second, right after I tell you about the people who present the Two Rivers Ford take each and every night, that of course is Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is the best car buying experience you could possibly have. There is no better. And I don't, I'm not just saying that because I look like a used car dealer. They don't sell, they don't, they sell new, they sell pre-owned, they sell whatever you need to fit your family's budget and your family's needs. Two Rivers Ford has been doing business in Middle Tennessee for nearly 40 years. 1983 is when the Barker family got things started and they have done business at a high level supporting local sports teams and supporting the local community as well, while making sure that they put customer satisfaction at the forefront. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet is where you go or online at tworiversford.com. It's about seven miles east of Nashville International Airport, which I will be returning back to 
BNA tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to do. I'm going to stay here do radio, and then I'm going to fly back tomorrow afternoon, and I'm going to get home about an hour before we do prime time tomorrow. So it's going to be a long day for your boy. But either way, two rivers four take. What most impressed you about this game? Daryl John says Tannehill Hill targeting Julio and Ferkser. And listen, that those two making plays. It's not just. Because, Daryl, that's, that's an interesting point that you bring up, or at least it's an interesting way that you phrase it, right? Um, because Ryan Tannehill, there have been, there's not been as many Julio targets as there probably could have been. But Ferkser has gotten targets before, and Ferkser has not made plays with the ball in his hand. Today was not the case. Ferk had a great game. Uh, he ended up as the tied for the team's second leading receiver, Nick Westbrook-Akina, A.J. Brown and Ferkser all had four catches. Ferk was 4-4. Four four. He caught all four of his targets, 56 yards, and a touchdown. He had a long of 24. What? And that, on that 24-yard third-down completion or third-down conversion, he got smoked in the back. I can't remember if it was a defensive back or a linebacker who just came up behind him and nailed him. But, like, it's not about Tannehill targeting Julio and Ferkser. It's about Julio and Ferkser making the plays. Right now, there were some missed opportunities by Ryan Tannehill as well. I thought Julio Jones could have had at least two wide open touchdowns and probably a better statistical day, but we'll spend some more time on that later. I thought that Ferkser, though, consistency from the tight end position without somebody like Michael Pruitt, that's a huge benefit for a quarterback who's been doing a lot of this without the security blanket that the tight end position is. Uh, what most impressed you? That's your two rivers four take. That's the question that we're asking you. Uh, Take the clipboard away from downing in the playoffs, says Derek R. See, this is what I don't get. And, like, I don't understand why you guys have this hard-on for Todd Downing like this, man. This dude has done nothing but keep you afloat. Truly. And I mean that by any stretch of the imagination. And I don't just say that to bullshit you. Like, listen to – so Teron Davenport had uh, some great statistics on where the Titans ended up finishing and I'll read those for you I'll pull up TD's Twitter account Teron um, who has a much deeper understanding of the game than any of us in here and myself included but he gave some numbers about Todd Downing's success with this offense this season this is the tweet at T Davenport underscore NFL say what you may about Todd Downing but the Titans finished in the top 10 in third down and red zone and tops in goal to go this season. They were without Derrick Henry for nine games, Julio Jones for seven, and A.J. Brown for six. Teron says, I call that rising above the hurdles more than struggling. And I'm inclined to agree with him, man. Like, I don't get why you guys, uh, I don't get why you guys freak out about downing this way. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Especially when, you know, as a Titans, if you're a Titans fan, you guys are are very quick to remind everybody how hurt your football team has been and how much Mike Vrabel, coach of the year, uh, or deserves coach of the year because of the way that they've been able to battle through all those injuries. But then you don't give Todd Downing that same benefit of the doubt when you he's clearly found success with an offense that's been broken throughout the course of the year. I'm not saying that he's perfect. Nobody's saying that he's perfect. But, like, I mean, 2019, y'all tried to fire Arthur Smith, too, and he's now an NFL head coach. Todd Downing has done a damn good job with what he's been given. And, again, you don't have to love him. You don't have to think that he's the best offensive coordinator all time. You don't even have to think he's Arthur Smith. That's all well and good. But at a certain point, you have to be willing to 
give that give that excuse that you give Ryan Tannehill and Mike Vrabel a completely valid excuse. By the way, you have to give that unilaterally. Uh, perfect football does not exist. Truly, it does not. And so I would say, you know, take a take a step back and and reevaluate how you're watching this stuff, and really just go look at the numbers. For God's sakes, you're twelve and you're twelve and five, you're the top seed in the AFC, and you want the you want the offensive coordinator of that fired. That seems very very silly to me because I see people citing the third quarter and uh, I seen people citing the third quarter and yada yada yada. Okay, uh, you're you're giving me a quarter out of a four quarter football game. A game where the quarterback threw for four touchdowns. And again, Ryan Tannehill deserves credit. The players deserve credit. Of course, they're healthy. He's being protected. But you cannot, absolutely cannot discount, uh, give those guys the benefit of the doubt and then take it away from Todd Downing. That's wrong. Um, and frankly, it needs to be, uh, it needs to be um, you know, it needs to be reasonable. <laughs> and so right now, I would say that if you are critical of Todd, if you are overly critical of Todd Downing, Criticism is fine. You can say that he didn't have a great third quarter, and you can still say that he's done a great job with the parts that he's missing. Again, I will read those things to you for people who are pushing back on the word great. Top 10 in third down and red zone and tops in goal to go this season without Derrick Henry for nine games, Julio Jones for seven, A.J. Brown for six. You cannot tell me that that's not a great job by everybody involved. I'm not saying Todd Downing is, is solely responsible for it, but I'm, I'm also not going to accept uh, accept the answer that, you know, Todd Downing is the worst of all time and don't let him, you know, take the play calling away from him in the playoffs. What kind of a ridiculous statement is that? Your quarterback just threw for four touchdowns and you're on your way. Uh, you, you, get a, you get a free ride through the wild card round because the offense, the offense kicked ass today. So I won't, I won't hear. I mean, you can, you can say it if you want to, your opinion. You can say whatever you want to in the comment section. You're always welcome to say what you want to. I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you when it's silly or not and give you the information instead of just telling you that you're silly on the front end and come with, uh, you know, factual information about that. What most impressed you today? So here's what I'll say. Um, what I will say about what most impressed me is that quarterback. I mean, I saw a version of Ryan Tannehill that I have not seen outside of like the 49ers game. Cause that was, that was not, ladies and gentlemen, that was not an AJ Brown game. AJ Brown was great in that game, but Ryan Tannehill was the reason why AJ Brown was great outside of AJ's own God given ability. I have only seen that version of Ryan Tannehill a couple of times this year. I've seen it against the bills, seen it against the 49ers, seen it against the chiefs. And I saw it today, eh, not against the Colts. The Colts at Indianapolis was a, was a sloppier affair. But I saw it for the fourth time this season in 17 games today in Houston. I saw a quarterback who you can win a Super Bowl with. I saw him being decisive with the football. I saw him being incredibly effective. I saw him being efficient. I saw him make plays where there were no plays to be made. I saw him distribute the football on 23, is it 23 completions? He was, what, 23 of 32? Let me pull my stat sheet back up. Yeah, 23 of 32, 287, four touchdowns. And 8.96 yards per attempt. That's two yards, over two yards, better than his season average. He was pushing the ball downfield today. Todd Downing was calling plays to allow him to push the ball down the field today. The offensive line was protecting him to allow them to push the ball down the field today. And so, with all that being said, I think the most impressive part of that was Ryan Tannehill. Because what I saw today was a championship caliber play. One play in particular, 
And if you know the play I'm talking about, I'm certain that you do. I wrote a whole column about it at A2ZSports.com where you can always read my post-game columns and the articles that I write throughout the course of the week. I watched Ryan Tannehill on a third. So there's three. So they come at 21 to nothing, go into halftime, come out, and they go three straight drives, three and out. And they're on the precipice. They're teetering. They're on the fourth drive, and they are potentially getting ready to go three and out yet again. It's a third and five. So third and five, it's the fourth quarter. Tannehill's in the shotgun. Tannehill takes the snaps, and immediately, immediately there's pressure in his face from number 54, I believe, is the defensive lineman. So number 54 gets in there, interior pressure, worst thing for a quarterback. Ryan Tannehill has to make something happen, and he does. Not only does he make something happen, incredibly, miraculously, if you're a Titans fan, he gets out of this dude who has him dead to rights. He rolls to his right. He sees Nick Westbrook-Akina, who, because this play is taking so long, has come open 36 yards down the field. Ryan Tannehill rips it out to NWI. Longest play of the offensive day in the fourth quarter. It was a part of an eight-play, 75-yard touchdown drive to get Julio Jones his first receiving touchdown on the regular season. It was Mwah! chef's kiss. It was as good as play of, of any quarterback that I have seen um, this season. It was championship caliber football. And listen, one play is not going to be the difference between you winning the Super Bowl or, you know, uh, winning a playoff game or whatever the case may be, but it can be. And what I saw from that quarterback today proved to me, and this is something that I already feel like I know, but may, reaffirmed my belief in yeah, Ryan Tannehill's a bad, bad man when you put him in the right position. And he put himself in the position today to make a play. Let's take a look at that fourth quarter play that started the game-winning drive, right? 28 to 25 was the final score. That was the score that put them up 28 to 18 and allowed them to withstand Davis Mills, who was doing his best to get down the field. Watch the play and then listen to my question for Taylor Lewan in the post game that I asked him about it. You know, what happened? Because it looked like everybody thought he was dead. And then all of a sudden, he came back to life. Bring it out. It's third and five. Tannehill in trouble and stays on his feet. Keeps it alive. Throws on the run. Westbrook Aquina has it down the sideline and out of bounds. How did Tannehill do it? Jacob Martin had him wrapped up. And Tannehill pulls a Houdini act and gets out of trouble. One of the things that Mike Brable says is be the last to finish on a play. Yes, it looked like Tannehill was about to be taken down. It looked like he was going to be knocked to the ground. But that wasn't the case. Be the last to finish. Stay on your feet. Yeah, I thought he got rid of it. Yeah, we called the... Um, a chip where the turkey is supposed to hit him. And I told Turkey earlier in the week, I said, I'll give you $1,000 if you can knock these guys down. And he was trying his damnedest. Well, Martin lines up super tight, and I knew they were going to run some sort of game or he was going to go inside. So I, I really short-setted. He goes to go inside, and then Turkey puts the boosters on him. He goes to hit him and throws him. And I was he, uh, he got in there for sure. And so uh, have a nice little streak going in, in Tannehill. Saved my ass on that. Saved the whole game, but, you know, me personally saved my ass. So um, that was a cool play. I thought he got the ball off. 
So I was kind of standing there like nothing was going on, and then all of a sudden he starts running, so I start running, and I think he hit Westbrook, right? That was a nice, that was a really cool play. So that's Ryan Tannehill making the play, and then, you know, you go back and watch that play, and you see Taylor Lewan, and that's why I asked Lewan that question when he met with us postgame, because I saw Taylor just stop, and then all of a sudden you see Taylor realize that Tannehill's still up and running, and everybody, including Lewan, gets moving back down the field. It was a championship-caliber play that I saw from that quarterback today. We'll continue to take your comments about what most impressed you here at NRG Field here in just a second, right after I remind you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, if you're a football fan, DraftKings Sportsbook has a great offer for you. DraftKings Sportsbook is the best in the business, especially at this time of year, because you are looking to make some money on football, and it's an exciting time in the football calendar. DraftKings Sportsbook has the hookup for you. In this regard, if you're a new customer at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet just 5 bucks on any football team to win their game. And if they do, you will win $200 in free bets. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on football with same-game parlays, which allows you to combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw, withdraw your cash whenever you want. So all you got to do, is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code A2ZSports. Bet just 5 bucks on any football team, college or pro, so that includes the national championship game tomorrow. And if your team wins, you win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That's code A2ZSports this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee to bet. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call or text the Tennessee red line, 1-800-889-9789. So, what most impressed you today? Uh, t- Titans are probably the most, that's true, but team in the NFL, says the sunken grave. And I think I understand what you mean by that, right? Where where you go, uh, where you look at and say, well, yeah, Julio Jones has under underwhelmed this season, underperformed by any stretch of the imagination, even if he was a solid and solid to above average contributor. And honestly, if you want to accuse Tannehill of anything, he missed he missed Julio on three big plays today. One of them would have been a touchdown at bare minimum. So with all that said, um, you can you can look at this and say, yeah, Julio's been a disappointment this season. But also, that's true, but helped win him a football game today. Caught the game winning touchdown. There's no quite well, not the game winning touchdown, but the touchdown that sealed the win, right? Fourth quarter, Texans have been moving the ball well in the second half. You need a touchdown because you've gone three consecutive three and outs and you're holding on to this 21 to 10 lead or 21 to 18 lead at the time. So you march down the field, you get that big passing play to Nick Westbrook Aquina, you go five more plays and you throw a touchdown pass to Julio Jones. So it's true that Julio Jones is underwhelmed, but Julio Jones came up big in a big spot in a game that you needed to win to clinch that top spot in the AFC. So, Titans, you're, you're right, the sunken grave. Titans probably do lead the league in. That's true, but I like that as analysis. Uh, did you see Lawan get beat? Wow, says MB. Well, let's watch the play again, shall we? I don't necessarily know 
that I saw Taylor get beat, but let's take a look. Bring it out. It's third and five. Tannehill in trouble and stays on his feet. Keeps it alive. Throws on the run. Westbrook Akina has it down the sideline and out of bounds. How did Tannehill do it? Jacob Martin had him wrapped up and Tannehill pulls a Houdini act and gets out of trouble. One of the things that Mike Brable says is be the last to finish on a play. Yes, it looked like Tannehill was about to be taken down. It looked like he was going to be knocked to the ground, but that wasn't the case. Be the last to finish. Stay on your feet. Yeah, I thought he got rid of it. Yeah, we called a, um, a chip where the turkey is supposed to hit him, and I told Turkey earlier in the week, I said, I'll give you $1,000 if you can knock these guys down. And he was trying his damnedest. Well, Martin lines up super tight, and I knew they were going to run some sort of game or he was going to go inside, so I, I really short-setted. He goes to go inside, and then Turkey puts the boosters on him. He goes to hit him and throws him, and I was he uh, he got in there for sure. And so uh, have a nice little streak going, and, and Tannehill saved my ass on that. Saved the whole game, but, you know, me personally saved my ass. So um, that was a cool play. I thought he got the ball off. So I was kind of standing there like nothing was going on, and then all of a sudden he starts running, so I start running, and I think he hit Westbrook, right? That was a nice – that was a really cool play. So, MBC, yeah, I mean, you're, you're spot on. and Because in the press conference, I was like, what does he mean that, that Tannehill bailed his ass out? And so I'm glad that you brought that up, MB. Now, what, what I will disagree with is the end of your comment there, if I'm, if I'm doing this like, uh, like my friends who do local weather do reading uh left to right it's different when i'm you know i'm turned around on my own on my own screen anyway so very little effort that's the part that i disagree with i'm i'm not here to judge a guy's effort level it's very very rare when i think people are actually when you know you accuse the professional athlete of little effort and it's actually poor effort no sometimes dude just gets beat right lawan has gets beat from time to time just as ben jones or nate davis i mean david questenberry probably gets beat more than the the average NFL right tackle, but like that's not the point. The point is like you can say you can't get beat any worse than that, which can be factually accurate. But then I think you go a little too far accusing him of a lack of effort. It's not like Taylor's not trying out there. I think he just got his ass kicked on a play. That's okay because uh, it ended up turning into a uh, into a thirty seven uh, into a thirty six yard gain. Uh, Stacey A. Madden says, looks like you're going to get that vacay, Buck. Doggy dog. That's right. I am excited. I got a weekend off, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and I am excited about that. I'm looking forward to doing absolutely nothing to do with football this weekend and uh, and being, you know, just like your favorite players need a rest, I could use a rest too. Um, what I would say to you is that, uh, what I would say to you is that for all of the, all of the great things that the Titans did today, it showed us that when their defense, and the defense has been great, defense played well in the first half and then was given up a considerable amount of yard. Damian, Danny Amendola took Christian Fulton and then Chris Jackson and Elijah Molden because both of those guys got hurt. Uh, Christian Fulton and Elijah Molden took all three of those dudes for a ride a couple of days, a couple of times today. And in fact, number 15, who number, I don't, I don't even know who number 15 was for the Houston Texans. I kept looking on the roster and he wasn't listed. So I don't know who that dude was, but uh, he was giving Christian Fulton the business in the second half today. So for uh, from that standpoint, 
I would say to you that when your defense, who has been so, so good, can't carry you the whole way, it was great to see the offense get up and kick somebody back in the teeth. Because that in the passing game is something that we have not uh, is something that we have not seen in quite some time. Deion Bonner says, you mean number 12? No, number 12 is Nico Collins. Nico Collins did have a couple nice catches today as well. Number 15, though, did make a couple of good plays. Um, I'm pretty sure Matthew Johnston says 15 is Collins. So 12 is Collins. I, again, I don't know who 15 was. Uh, anyway, let's keep it moving and let us discuss here on the uh, – uh, well, let's, let's get to this question first. Buck, what do you say about the fact that we haven't used play action that much without Henry, but it might become one hell of a weapon in the playoffs? Well, one, you're wrong. You're incorrect there, Captain Evil, and so I would stop you in your assessment uh, of that. Um, the only thing that's more suspect than your assessment that they're not using play action as often is the fact that Kendall Greer says our pass rushes, uh, your pass rushes suspect, which is just the Kendall respectfully. That's probably the dumbest comment I've seen all season because that pass rush has kept you alive. That pass rush is the reason that without Derrick Henry for nine games, without Julio Jones for seven games, without AJ Brown for six games, the only, it's the only damn reason why you're, well, not the only damn reason, but a big damn reason that you, are 12 and five. So Kendrell, Kendrell, forgive me, not Kendall. Kendrell, I would tell you to, uh, I would tell you to go back and watch the, watch the film or something. Cause I mean, you're telling me that your pass rush is suspect. Listen, they weren't getting a ton of pressure on Davis Mills in the first half or in the second half, but to say that your pass rush is suspect is just a fundamental misunderstanding of what you're watching. So I would tell you to go back and watch your football team again, because either you didn't watch them today, you haven't watched them all season or you're just in here trying to stir some shit up. So regardless, uh, buddy, you are dead wrong. As far as the play action is concerned, uh, that's not been the case. They use the play action. The problem is, for a lot of their play action concepts, they don't have the time to protect him, and they haven't had the time to protect him. Now, in the last three games, they have done all three wins. The last three games, they have done well to protect Ryan Tannehill. San Francisco, Miami, and today against the Houston Texans. I believe one sack apiece in those three games. So do keep that in mind about your play action concepts. They're trying to run the plays. It's just, they don't have the necessary, they haven't throughout the course of the season had the necessary protection to utilize them. And they were using play action today. It's that, it's that you you've seen that play a million times, Captain Evil. It's the five-step drop. Ryan Tannehill hits his back foot. Greg Cosell, when we do the podcast, he calls it bang play action. Cause as soon as Tannehill hits that back foot, ball comes out, crossing route to A.J. Brown or Nick Westbrook, Aquino, or Julio Jones. They did it a million times with Corey Davis, too. Um, that's that's a fundamental part of their offense. And so I would uh, I would very much contest the idea that they haven't been using play action, um, that you haven't used play action that much. It's really, there's not much else to your passing game other than play action. The problem with passing game, frankly, from my standpoint, is that it's not more diverse than it is. It's just the same fundamental concepts. Um, it seems time in and time out. So I would uh, I would correct you on that. So let's keep it moving and uh, let's talk about what happened with the wide receivers today. Let's stick with the offense since that's the biggest story. And let's get into the discussion about which wide receiver surprised you more. Now you might uh, you might think uh, you might think that what I'm getting ready to ask you is a trick question, and I would promise you that it is not. Um, I want to know which wide receiver surprised you more today, Nick Westbrook, Aquina, or Julio Jones. I'd be curious to see how you answer this. And you're going to hear from Mike Vrabel on his wide receivers 
here in just a second, right after I remind you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. I mean, a lot of compliments on my jacket. You know who has the exact same kind of jacket? Now, I don't know that we got them from the same tailor. I got, in fact, I got this this jacket in Indianapolis, and we're going to talk about the Indianapolis local professional football team here in just a second. But Gary Ashton has this exact same blazer, I think, from a different tailor. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com, the official real estate agent of the top-seeded AFC potentially champion Tennessee Titans, Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group. If you are in the market to sell your home, and it's an incredible seller's market right now in Middle Tennessee, you know this to be so, the Ashton team will give you the Intel edge. And with that Intel, you can do the best possible business for you as far as your investment is concerned. You can maximize your equity in your home. You can sell for more at GaryAshton.com. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Preds, of the Titans, and of me on A to Z Sports Primetime. Okay, so let's talk about which wide receiver surprised you more, NWI or Julio Jones. So when, when I ask you this question, I I think that you have to look at it from two different two different standpoints, right? When I say surprised you, it can mean who exceeded your expectations today. Who did who had the better performance today? You could have a conversation about those two. So just just to kind of rehash that, Julio Jones was the Titans leading receiver <clears throat> today. Uh, five catches. He was targeted nine times but caught five catches or caught five passes. 58 yards, he had a long of 19 and the touchdown. Nick Westbrook-Akina was the second leading receiver. In fact, he was the leading receiver from a yardage standpoint. So Julio Jones led the team in catches. NWI led the team in yards. Four catches for Nick Westbrook-Akina, five targets. So he caught more of the passes that he was targeted on than Julio did. 78 yards, so 20 more than Julio. Uh, the 36-yard uh, Ryan Tannehill, you know, borderline miracle play, and also a touchdown. And the answer can be both. It was great to see both of them contribute, as well as A.J., four passing touchdowns today, and all four to different wide receivers. But the question is, who surprised you most today? Because I see a lot of responses for NWI. And here's what I'll say to you. My answer is Julio Jones. I was more surprised by Julio Jones than I was NWI. And do you know why? Because NWI, Nick Westbrook-Akina, my fellow Hoosier, um, I'm pretty sure NWI were at, I don't, we, I mean, we never, we didn't meet in college, but um, I'm pretty sure we crossed. So I would have, gra- I graduated in 2015. I'm pretty sure NWI came out, well, maybe we didn't. I'm pretty sure NWI came out in 2020. So he is uh, considerably younger than me. So let me shut the hell up. Anyway, Nick Westbrook-Akina, fellow Indiana Hoosier, he didn't surprise me because Nick West, I mean, he made an, he made a couple of incredible catches. But Nick Westbrook-Akina, he's been out there all season long. And you know who loves him for that? Mike Vrabel. He was. Yeah, that was um, a hell of a job by Ryan. That's what I just told the team. Came up with some huge plays. I thought he was in command um, you know, most of the day, you know, executing the stuff and we tried to hit some you know, throws down the field. Unfortunately, we weren't able to, but you know, just his, his ability to you know, keep some plays alive in the pocket, you know, I thought we were really cool. We took care of the football. Uh, 
you know, all, all credit goes to, to the players and Ryan, obviously, and you know, Nick Westbrook coming up with a huge play when we were leaking oil. And, uh, you know, just the way that they understand the situation there at the end to be able to, uh, you know, finish off the game in, in four minutes. How big was Westbrook today specifically with a couple of great catches? He does everything for us, you know, and I, uh, I do production meetings before the game. And early in the season, it's like, you know, who's this guy with the – with the, with the last name or who should we, you know, and it's like, you know, we, we get to see him every day. And the, the type of teammate that he is, um, his value is he's very versatile. He plays a lot of positions. He knows a lot of positions. And if you've ever been out there in a huddle, you know, those calls come in and it's different personnel groups and it's different formations and he's able to line up, play special teams for us. And, uh, you know, we, we, need, we need to find a lot of players like that. On that So that is Mike Vrabel. He started off his press conference talking about Tannehill, but when he brought up NWI, you know, you, you heard the clip for yourself. You said, uh, you know, Nick Westbrook Aquina came up with a big catch when we were leaking oil. And so I, you know, I didn't mean to cut anybody off, but I wanted to jump in there about NWI and be like, you know, Mike, I mean, how good has he been specifically? And you can see how much that man appreciates it. I mean, because he's been available, he's been consistent. He has been somebody who does so many different things. I asked Ryan Tannehill that same question as well. When there hasn't been Julio Jones, when there hasn't been A.J. Brown, when there hasn't been Marcus Johnson, there have been NWI. And here's what I'll tell you, because we gave Joe Rexroad a ton of shit. Uh, I don't think Rexroad's still here. I'm pretty sure he went back to his hotel already. But we gave Rexroad all kinds of grief, right, during the offseason when before Julio was traded for and before Marcus Johnson signed here in Chester Rogers and Des Fitzpatrick was drafted, uh, Rex Road wrote a column where he said the Titans felt like Nick Westbrook-Akina could be, you know, potentially as good as their second wide receiver option behind AJ. And we laughed at him, laughed at him. And all Nick Westbrook-Akina has done to prove me wrong and, you know, whomever, Paul Kaharski, because we were all part of that group, everybody else, uh, we all laughed at Joe. And now Joe gets to be right about all of this because Nick Westbrook-Akina has been he, – listen, he's much better as your four than he is as your one, as you saw today. But that dude deserves all the credit in the world. He truly does because he has been really, really solid when they have needed him most. Um, let's wrap up tonight's show because it is uh, – you know we're 41 minutes in. At some point, they're going to turn the lights off in NRG Stadium. I'm pretty sure that I'm only I'm the only one left in the building. So at some point, one of these days, I'm going to get locked in one of these damn stadiums, and then you know we're going to have problems. But let's wrap up the show by laughing at the Colts, shall we? Which I know you know you all as Titans fans, I lo- uh, you like to do, and I have been just looking at this, uh, looking at this, and saying, "Oh, well, Middle Tennessee Pyro uh, says all seven of you like the video." Well, I'm looking at. See, that's the thing. There's the difference between what you guys see and what I see because I'm looking at about 400 people between Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch live. Uh, well, and that's not counting the Twitter numbers. I think we're at about um, – we're looking at about 118 people. It's about 500 people watching the show live. I don't know what the number is on YouTube. Um, but, you know, you can you can number shame me if you like there. I didn't see who that was. And maybe the YouTube number is smaller tonight, Middle TN pyro on youtube but you know we're very happy to see so many people in here across 
all four platforms. So yeah, all seven of you, go ahead and like the damn video if there's only seven of you on YouTube. And you know what happens when you like the video? More than seven of you will be on YouTube the next time that we do this. Thing. So everybody, everybody settle the hell down, middle team. Ten pyro, all seven of us. Relax. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's move on and let's laugh at the Indianapolis Colts, shall we? This is the question that we are uh, that we are going to ask you here on the primetime show. We know you know we do. This is a free site. The best thing that I saw on social media uh, this week, and it just happened to happen today because the Colts uh, blew it, blew it in ways that were unbelievably unimaginable to me. I will tell you why we are going to laugh on the Colts and what specifically we are going to laugh at the Colts about here in just a second, right after I tell you about our friends at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com, satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. So Brymac has you covered no matter what the conditions are in Middle Tennessee. And we've seen all kinds of crazy conditions, right? We've seen tornadoes. We've seen snow. We've seen, it sounds like, I heard that it's raining tremendously back in Nashville, if that's where you are or anywhere else where you're hanging out with us in Middle Tennessee. Regardless of the conditions, Brymac will put you in your comfort zone. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. So let's wrap it up with this question. This is a free site. What is more impressive, missing the playoffs with seven Pro Bowlers or missing the playoffs with an MVP candidate? Let me know, and we will discuss at length. Now, of course, you know that both of those things have to do with the Indianapolis Colts. MVP candidate, uh, Jonathan Taylor, and deservedly so. I will not, I will not hear any t- – John. in fact, I was upset. I was upset for Jonathan Taylor uh, today because they did him – Carson Wentz did him so dirty – today in how Wentz blew that game against a wretched Jacksonville Jacks team. But what's more impressive, the fact that the Colts will not make the playoffs with seven, an NFL leading seven pro bowlers on their roster, or the fact that they will miss the playoffs with an MVP candidate who is no longer an MVP candidate. David Allen says, are you joking uh, that you think Taylor is a legit MVP candidate? No, of course not. In the same way that I thought. And listen, Der- I think Derrick Henry to be the superior player at the position, but uh, Derrick Henry wasn't a thing this year, right? So Jonathan Taylor, who I think is almost, I wouldn't say single-handedly responsible for his team's success, but there's he's absolutely a deserving MVP candidate. Now, I mean, he's not going to win it because he is, uh, he is, uh, he's missed the playoffs. But the Colts, the Colts choke it. Let me let me tell you this about the Indianapolis Colts, all right? Because a lot of a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys know that I uh, I went to Indiana, which in Bloomington, Indiana is about forty five minutes south of Indianapolis, and so a lot of you guys think I'm a Colts fan, and that and also I you know I bear a striking resemblance to Andrew Luck, even though I think I'm better uh, groomed than Andrew Luck, respectively. Respectfully, I'm not as smart as Andrew Luck, obviously. Otherwise, I'd be doing something uh, you know I'd be doing something more intellectually stimulating than you know, yelling at David Allen about MVP candidates. Not that this isn't fun. But I will say to you that uh, that a lot of you think, think me to be a Colts fan. And that's okay. That's fine. But what I will tell you about the Indianapolis Colts is that the Indianapolis – I have a lot of friends in my life who are Indianapolis Colts. And, you know, you can believe me about I don't have an NFL team uh, or not. You are more than welcome to do so. Um, MB wants to know, am I as rich as Andrew Luck? Uh, no, but we're getting there. <laughs> Talk – Talk to me after my next contract extension. We'll uh, 
we'll see. Because uh, when it, whenever whenever it is time for me to go back, well, not me, but uh, for my agent to go back to the negotiating table with A to Z and the radio station, perhaps I will uh, catch up to my uh, my cap my counterpart in career earnings. We will see. Because Daddy needs some more some more new jackets like this. I'm very very much like my new uh, my new jackets that I've gotten this season. Anyway. So all of you, uh, all of you believe me to be, not all of you, but a lot of you believe me to be a Colts fan. And here's what I'll tell you about the Colts. The Colts are choking dogs. The Colts are an absolute, the Colts are the most embarrassing thing to happen to the NFL this year. And I don't, ju- I don't just say this to appeal to you because many of you are Titans fans. Most of you are Titans fans. Um, you are, uh, many of you despise the Indianapolis Colts. And I will tell you that I have, I bear no ill will towards the Indianapolis Colts. I don't, I bear no ill will. Towards the Tennessee Titans, I don't hate the Texans. I don't hate the. I don't hate the Chiefs. I don't hate the Raiders. I don't hate anybody. I don't care. Right? It's my, this is my job. So, with all that being said, the Colts are choking dogs. The Colts are the biggest embarrassment in the NFL this year. And I will tell you that I did believe them to be a good football team. I didn't believe them to be playing better football. Basically, from the time that they lost to the Titans on Halloween. During that stretch of the season when the Titans were really hurt, I believe them to be a better football team during that stretch. Now, the Colts blew it in spectacular fashion to a team who has no full, no current head coach, right? Their season's over. They have no idea what they're doing with the first overall pick um, in Trevor Lawrence, and I pity him. I feel terrible for him. I They lost to a team who was having sponsors pull out of their sponsorship agreements with the Jacksonville Jaguars because fans, thousands of fans, showed up to the Jags game today dressed as clowns to make fun of the owner and to try and enact change by publicly embarrassing the organization. The Colts lost to them, the Jags. Probably going to be the worst team in football. Probably going to have the first overall pick in the NFL draft. The Colts today and last week, by losing to the Raiders, are choking dogs. And there is no way around that by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, I think that uh, I think that, that would absolve me of any uh, accusations that I'm a Colts fan. I think it should also absolve me of any accusations of being a Jags fan, a Titans fan, a Texans fan. Whatever. I'm, just, I'm, I'm a basketball fan, right? And I cover the NFL for a living. So with all that being said, um, the Colts today. What is the more, what is the more impressive uh, what is the more impressive um, failure? What is the more spectacular failure? Missing the playoffs with seven, an NFL high seven pro bowlers or missing the playoffs with an MVP candidate? Well, the answer is both because the Colts did both and they are choking dogs as a result. All right. Uh, let's, uh, Philip Rivers is laughing, says Mark Jones. I miss Phil. I've, that You know what? You know what is enough to make me a fan of any team of Phil Whichever, I'm a fan of whichever team that Phil Rivers quarterbacks. <laughs> that's that's who I'm a fan of because I miss Phil and I miss his faces when something when he throws the death pick that makes him you know look to the heavens and just I miss Phil Rivers anyway uh, enjoy the rest of your evening and I will see you guys so I'll do the radio show I'm gonna stay here in Houston tonight I'm gonna fly back to Houston I'm gonna fly back to Nashville tomorrow afternoon I'm gonna stay here in Houston and do the radio show from my hotel room tomorrow. So if you're hanging out with us on the on the uh, radio show, 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone, we would love to uh, have you a part of that. We will also do primetime. We'll do primetime early tomorrow night because the national championship game 
of course, is on. We will do primetime at 6.30 p.m. Central Time, about an hour and a half early. And we will uh, and we will talk about – we'll probably talk Titans before the national championship game. I don't know. I'll give a shit about Alabama-Georgia. Maybe we'll talk about the championship game like at the end of the show. But listen, Titans are the hottest team in the NFL right now. And so we're probably going to end up being some Titans talk with a little bit of college football slapped onto the end. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to your team. Um, this for, for as much, you know, for as much grief as I give you guys sometimes, and for I give them a lot of shit, right? I give the Titans a ton of ton of crap when they when they do things that, you know, like that third quarter. I was very, very much ready for them to blow this. Speaking of choking, I thought the Titans were gonna be choking dogs today during that third quarter. But congratulations to you on a well fought game, a well fought victory, and a uh and a and a really, really impressive season that they've been able to accomplish. I think that uh, I think that there cannot be enough said about the job that the players and the coaching staff and the organization. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't argue for John Robinson as executive of the year when he's put together a roster that I think ended up playing 91 players, 91 players. It was an insane amount. It broke the record by almost 10. Anyway, I, uh, I always appreciate you guys hanging out. It's been a lot of fun during the regular season, but the beauty of it, if you're a Titans fan, is your season isn't done yet. It's just on hold because you know who's in, play- you know who's in playing a football game this weekend? The Titans. You know who also isn't playing a football game this weekend? The Colts. Only one of those teams is in the postseason. I'll see you guys tomorrow on the radio, 10 a.m. Be there, and we'll hang out together, and then we'll catch you tomorrow night. I'll be back in Nashville for prime time. Enjoy your night and we will see you then.